During an interview with Newsmax this week, Donald Trump made a gaffe that actually reminded people of one of the biggest policy and just overall failures of his entire administration. See, Donald Trump was trying to point out how during the Biden administration, we had supply chain issues, issues that actually began under Donald, Donald Trump's rule. But unfortunately for Trump, he couldn't quite pronounce supply chains and instead gave us this beauty. Take a look. The country's finished. I did. In what regard? Uh, I think it's not going to be able to function. I think it's, look at even things like supply chains, things we never even heard about. You never heard that term. Supply change, which I guess technically you could argue there was in fact a supply change uh, during the Trump administration that of course did bleed over into the Biden administration. But this clip, because it contained a gaffe, of course, went viral on social media and everybody on social media was quick to point out the fact that the supply chain, not change issues actually began during the COVID pandemic, which began under Donald Trump's administration. People tend to forget. I mean, it's, it's been four short years, right? Everybody has a short-term memory problem in this country. Uh, people tend to forget that we couldn't find toilet paper. We couldn't find paper towels or napkins. We couldn't find soups and most food items were just nowhere to be found on store shelves. I mean, I personally, I remember I couldn't get my kids their soup that they like for months. Hell, we couldn't even get Worcestershire sauce down here for almost a year. I don't know why that was affected, but it was. And trust me personally, that actually hit me pretty hard. Diapers, baby food, all of that. And yes, it did extend into the Biden administration and went on for well over a year. Problem is, and I've explained this, explained it at the time, but it's been a couple years. So let me explain to you once again, what actually happened during COVID across the world. What happened? businesses shut down, you know, factories slowed down, workers couldn't come in or they couldn't have as many workers at a time. So as such, what happened was we were relying on the surplus goods that had been created. You know, if you wanted to get a new TV, you're not buying one fresh off the line. You're buying one that's been sitting there for six months, 12 months, whatever it is. We weren't making new TVs and I'm just using TVs as an example, but once that stock started being depleted, there wasn't a readily available stock behind it to replace it, no matter what the good was, because we weren't allowing people, rightfully so, to be in these cramped working conditions, churning out new products for us to consume. So once we depleted those stocks, that's when we hit the supply chain issues. Certain things ran out obviously sooner, like foodstuffs and paper products. But... It did bleed over into the Biden administration, but it wasn't President Biden's fault. Hell, I mean, to a degree, it technically wasn't even Donald Trump's fault, but it began under him. So if he is going to attack Biden for it, then that would mean he also, using his own logic, was responsible for those supply chain changes. But again, COVID is the real culprit there. And there wasn't much we can do. We're not dealing with those issues anymore. Things have been righted to a degree. So moving on, right? But if Trump is going to try to make that a campaign issue, 
then the Biden team needs to do the same thing. They need to show the pictures of people in grocery store parking lots selling rolls, a single roll of toilet paper for 20, 30, $50. Right? People were arrested for doing that. The hoarding of the hand sanitizer that all happened under Trump. So if Trump wants to bring up supply chain issues, then Biden has far more ammunition to attack him than Trump has to go against Biden. A fight broke out digitally, not physically this time, with two members of Congress this week, Democrat Jim McGovern and Republican Marjorie Taylor Greene. As per usual, Marjorie Taylor Greene is pretty much involved in any and every feud that takes place among members of the House of Representatives. But this one actually began when Jim McGovern on Monday took to the House floor and took a few moments during his committee meeting, technically it wasn't a floor, it was a committee meeting, uh, to blast Marjorie Taylor Greene for her idiotic attempts at impeachment and other stupid activities. Here's what McGovern said in the committee meeting. The clowns are running the circus around here and we're wasting hours and hours of time this week on Marjorie Taylor Greene because what? She wants to impeach somebody and don't even get me started on her absurd censure resolutions of Congresswoman Omar that she introduced because she doesn't know how to use Google translate. So hitting her for being a complete and total moron, totally understandable. And he's right on, on both counts on the Mayorkas impeachment. And of course the Elon Omar censure resolution. So Marjorie Taylor Greene, rather than actually fighting back and saying, Hey, listen, I have good reasons for doing these things. Let me spell the facts out for you. She couldn't do that because she doesn't have facts to back up her case. So what did Green do? She decided to go personal and brought up allegedly bizarre bathroom habits. So Marjorie Taylor Green gets on social media and posts this about McGovern. She says, wow, this is coming from the same guy who is well known to lay his suit jacket on the actual bathroom floor while spending a lot of time in the stall of the first floor bathroom of the Capitol. Ew. That's probably when he comes up with all this. And then she did a poop emoji. So McGovern is hitting you on the idiotic things you're doing in the house. The, the impeachment of Mayorkas, the censure of Ilan Omar, because you can't use Google translate as he pointed out. And your response is like, yeah, well, you spend too much time in the bathroom and you put your jacket on the floor. Yeah. Children, we, we're dealing with children. We have a grown ass middle-aged woman who has the mentality of a seven-year-old. She never matured. I, I don't know what happened in her younger life that prevented her from maturing as a human being. But, but I think that's something, you know, maybe a good investigative journalist, maybe dig into her past a little bit, find out what the hell happened to her because this woman is a grown child and she didn't stop there. About an hour later, she posted a picture of McGovern and captioned it by saying, this jacket could be the one that McGovern laid on the men's bathroom floor in the Capitol. So nasty. So she was still on the bathroom thing. <clears throat> McGovern finally responded and said, no idea what you're talking about. Uh, what are you doing in the men's bathroom? Aren't you late for a clan meeting? Um, I do love that response 
because that actually seems like the kind of thing. Oh, let's be honest. Marjorie Taylor Greene would never be late for a Klan meeting. She'd probably be there early, uh, pour the orange juice for everybody. But this is what we're dealing with, right? They, these, these are members of Congress and I'm not actually attacking McGovern here. I think what McGovern did, excuse me, in that committee meeting was necessary and vital calling out the Republicans for their stupidity. Marjorie Taylor Greene is the one who took it to the elementary school level. And then McGovern fired back with the Klan comment, which again, I got no problem with him saying that either. But on this Republican side, whether it's the impeachment of Mayorkas, uh, tanking their own immigration deal that they uh, demanded, the censure of Ilhan Omar, the Hunter Biden hearings, the President Biden impeachment, uh, they want to kill a tax cut that the Senate passed that would actually, um, actually, no, 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 the House did pass it, excuse me, uh, to give expanded child tax credit to millions of Americans. The Senate Republicans are the ones trying to kill that. But either way, we're dealing with idiots and children. And I don't know which is worse because when you're dealing with children, you're like, okay, maybe these people can mature, but they don't show any signs of maturing. And most of them are well past the age where maturation is even possible. On the other side, if we're just dealing with idiots, then there's no hope for that. But this is what we've got. And everything, as I always say, just continues to get dumber. I've spent a lot of time talking about the problems that Lauren Boebert is having in her new congressional district in Colorado, the fourth district after moving away from the third. Uh, So those are well known, right? We know that she's in fifth place in the straw poll. We know that she totally bombed at the recent debate they had. We know that the voters in that district are not fond of her. But what about the voters in the third district, right? The ones that Lauren Boebert abandoned. How are they responding? Are they sad? Are they angry that Lauren Boebert's no longer there? Do they miss her? Well, the independent also wanted answers to those questions. So they sent a reporter to Colorado to interview, uh, lots by the way of Lauren Boebert's former constituents, actually their current constituents. She still represents them. Um, and the general consensus is that these voters are relieved that they no longer have to deal with Lauren Boebert. They're happy that she is gone. There's a little bit of hurt there. They do feel abandoned, but that feeling of abandonment is overshadowed by the joy that they feel knowing she's not their problem anymore. Let me read you a couple quotes from some of these people that the independent spoke to. One of them said, she's always in drama here in rifle and silt to towns in her district. She's not the most popular person anymore. Another one said, There are people I know that are Trump supporters that don't support her. And they started out like, yeah, rah, rah, rah. And now they're just embarrassed because she just makes a fool out of herself. When she comes to public places around here, it's just not professional. Another one added, uh, the Congresswoman causes all this ruckus for no reason. and doesn't actually do anything in her position. I can't think of anything that she's actually done. Now that's an important point. It's not just you're an embarrassment. It's not just, Hey, you felt up a, a Democrat during the Beetlejuice performance. They're also starting to realize now that this massive spotlight is on Bobert, like, wait a minute, you didn't, you didn't do anything for us. Like how has my life become better because you have been my member of Congress and they're looking at it and they're saying, the answer is it hasn't, you've done nothing for us 
for our district, for our state. You've done nothing in Congress. And that is the kind of issue that transcends those congressional districts. If the people in the third district are telling you, you didn't do anything for us, the people in the fourth district where you're trying to run now are going to hear it. And they're probably not going to take too kindly to that. But another person, this is Republican state representative, Matt Soper of Colorado. Here's what he said about Bobert moving. She embraced a very religious conservative perspective, but then her Beetlejuice night basically made her appear to be very hypocritical. And that's where a lot of people began really, really questioning, not just her judgment, but who she really was. And as a politician, the last thing you want to be is questioned on who you are. They were so offended by the fact that she just basically bailed from the ship. She abandoned her duties when she, when the going got tough, she just left. And she behaved like a carpetbagger moving from one district to another. And I will tell you that on the Western slope, that is one thing that's not tolerated. I have yet to run into any Republican who's like, yeah, she did it for the good of the party. She's going to allow us to retain the third. And if we're lucky, we'll get her elected to the fourth. None of them say that he says. And then another one, a Republican campaign operative from her old district, district three said this. I love this one. I have not heard a single person who said she's done it for the good of the party. I have not heard that from the furthest right conspiracy theory, crazy MAGA person to the furthest left, crazy left-wing person. Nobody believes that that's why she did it. So again, the voters in her current district, which is not going to be her new district. If she you know, has her way, they're like, she didn't do it for us. She's not doing it to help the Republican party. She's doing it because she's selfish. She's doing it because she knows we're not going to put her back in power. And she is desperate to retain that power because she has nothing left beyond it. What does Bobert do when it's all over? I mean, she just, uh, Tuesday filed a restraining order against her ex-husband, which I, I agree with her for doing that. Yes, that definitely needed to happen, but she doesn't have an outside job. Her restaurant closed down over a year ago. It's now a thriving Mexican restaurant. She's not going to get a job in conservative media. What does she do? She doesn't know that. But again, she probably needs to start thinking about that because based on what these voters are saying in her old district, based on what the voters are saying in her new district, she probably needs to have that backup plan ready to go because that primary is March 5th. And we could find out that day whether or not she's going to be unemployed at the end of this coming December. Over the weekend, Donald Trump, for some reason, decided to lie to his base and tell them on Truth Social that over the years, many people have compared him physically, the way he looks, to Elvis Presley. You know, Elvis Presley, who of course was generally regarded as an attractive guy. He was a sex symbol of his time. And Donald Trump posted on Truth Social. For so many years, people have been saying that Elvis and I look alike. Now this pick has been going all over the place. What do you think? And he posted a picture that had you know, half of Elvis's face on one side, half of his face on the other. Well, late night talk show host, Seth Myers decided 
he wanted to take a shot at this. So Seth Meyers, in a very brilliant way, decided to talk about Donald Trump comparing himself to Elvis Presley. And Seth Meyers said, I think what they think is you also look like you died on the toilet. Of course, referring to the rumors that Elvis Presley was found uh, in Graceland face down in the bathroom after going to the bathroom. But Myers didn't stop there. He didn't just say that, yeah, you look like you probably died years ago. He added in an Elvis impression, this impression of Trump as Elvis. He said, I'm gonna flip a coin. If it's heads, I'm going to sing blue suede shoes. And if it's tails, I'm gonna screw up the water pressure in the shower. So it ain't no good anymore. Referring, of course, to Donald Trump's very bizarre rant that he's gone on many times over the years, that shower pressure just isn't what it used to be. And you can't, you can't shower anymore. And you got to flush your toilets 15 to 20 times. He's told us, which sounds more like a personal problem than anything else, but okay. But that wasn't the end of it either. At that point, Seth Meyers then showed an interview clip of Donald Trump speaking with Fox News host Maria Bartiromo, where Donald Trump was, of course, taking credit for the booming stock market, even though he's been out of office for over three years now. And then Seth Meyers came back with another impression of Elvis as Trump and said, I'm going to flip this coin. I'm going to do Viva Las Vegas. And if it's tails, Maria, I'm going to start talking about windmills chopping birds heads off coins, tails on both sides. I love it. As I always say, I love when these late night talk show hosts and Seth Meyers does it just as well as anybody else, just like Jimmy Kimmel. I love when they bring up these political things and point out how stupid these politicians are because Myers reminds people of these two weird rants that Trump has gone on over the years, right? The windmills are killing all our birds. That's, that's not true by the way. Um, just so you know, yes, windmills can kill birds, but nowhere near as much as the power lines kill birds. And do you know why windmills are not like giant fans sitting out there in the open spinning so fast you can't see them. They're relatively slow moving and they're white to contrast with the blue of the sky or the green of the ground. And because of that, you know what birds do when they're approaching that propeller blade? They, they move. They go around it. Again, it's not like an oscillating fan in your room that's going so fast they can't see it and it just shreds them to bits. But Trump has repeatedly said that the windmills are killing the birds. And then, of course, the shower pressure thing is an oldie but a goodie from Donald Trump, right? We don't have water pressure. We don't have any of this. But it's the Elvis comparison itself that is weird. But it's actually not weird when you think about it. Because Donald Trump wants three things. He wants money first and foremost. That's always going to be the number one thing Donald Trump wants is money. Second thing he wants, power. He wants power over people. That's why he wants to be president again. And he wants to basically turn the presidency into a dictatorship if he gets back into office. The third thing he wants, though, is what Elvis Presley had and Trump does not. Admiration. Adoration. He wants people to love him. He wants to be that symbol. I mean, Elvis Presley at the time was a symbol, not just a sex symbol, you know, reinventing music and doing all of these things, an icon that we still talk about, you know, 40 plus years after his death. Trump wants that, but he'll never have it. 40 years from now, if we're still talking about Donald Trump, 
It'll be because of the damage that he caused to this country. That's not what we're talking about when we talk about Elvis these days. Elvis had something Donald Trump desperately has wanted his entire life. The love of the public. But that is one thing. He got the money, he got the power, but he will never get that third thing. And it's eating him up inside. Thanks for listening to today's Fair and Balanced Daily. Stay up to date with all of our content by finding us on YouTube at youtube.com slash fairandbalanced and follow me on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram at fairandbalanced.